All right, we are live. Welcome, everybody. It's been a couple of weeks since the last live stream, but I'm back. Had a few things on last week, so unfortunately, I wasn't able to schedule one in. Just want to thank everybody for tuning into the channel, watching the videos, commenting, all that kind of stuff. It's always great to hear from everybody. Thank you so much. All right, we're back in the uh, presidential room, as some people have called it. <laughs> it's funny what a black curtain can do to the vibe of the room. All right. We got uh, everything should be working. If there's any issues with the audio video, please let us know. I did test this beforehand, so fingers crossed. And if you want, I'll you can also listen to it back on iTunes or Spotify. Just search for In the Blues Tone podcast. You can find it on there. I also put together other podcasts as well. I'm in the process of taking some of the big interviews we did from overseas, putting them on there as well. They'll just be their own audio stream, so you can find it on there too. All right, welcome everybody. Hope you're all doing well. We've got Paul Chapman here. Hope all is well. I'm doing well. Thanks, mate. Hope you're doing good. All right. Welcome, everybody. we got uh, Jessica uh, Beckers. Welcome. John, how you doing, man? He says, uh, hi, Shane, and all in the chat. Damien's here as well. All right. Awesome. So i got a few quick updates. Um, there's a new format for the videos. I've tried experimenting around with some different stuff. You're going to see some new format to guitar and amp reviews coming up, which should be pretty cool. Um, I've got arguably the best amplifier of the year video coming up. It's something that you probably haven't heard of <laughs> and it is awesome. And there's also some live playing in that particular video with Rick and Brian and the, and the guys. So, um, yeah, there's some killer stuff coming up on the channel and that amp is some of the best tone I've ever heard. I hope you like it. And it's not breaking the bank expensive either, which is always a good thing. We've got uh, my first baritone electric guitar review is coming up as well. I, I feel like I've been missing out not playing a baritone guitar. It was so much fun. Anyway, I'll, I'll save that for the video. It's actually this one right behind me here. Unbelievable. Finally got around to it. I know John's been asking me for a little while what I think of the baritone. I hadn't played it. <laughs> and now I'm like, man, this is fun. It's really fun. And there's also a couple of Guitar Search Saturdays in editing as well. And then I've got other stuff I'm going to feature on the channel. There's amps, cabs. Uh, there's uh, dealing with a microphone company right now that is interested in showcasing some of their ribbon mics on the channel. So that'll be cool. So stay tuned. Plenty of different stuff coming up. All right, let's go through the chat here. What I'm going to do is just pop this out so I can see it larger, as I always like to do. All right. Uh, all right, so the audio is good. Thank you. Hey, Porkchop, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining in, I appreciate it. Thanks for being a channel member as well, and thanks to the Patreon crew as well, who don't get a little icon next to their name. That sucks, I wish there was a way around that. But uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Cowhide Music, work trip in San Diego today. Very cool, that <laughs> sounds fun. My day is far less exciting. Well, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. I did have a good day. Went and did some training, getting back into that, in back onto my intermittent fasting, which always is a good thing for me, so... Uh, yeah, I feel good. I feel good. I'm going to start getting lean again before summer comes up. All right, we've got uh, YCJ. It says, hello from St. Louis, uh, USA. Love the streams. I can listen after work all night. I was wondering who your favorite of the three kings are, Albert, Freddie, or BB? Um, Albert, for sure. You know, I like Freddie King's vocal. I think it's, like, arguably the best blues vocal ever. <laughs> just based on his growl and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not as big of a fan of his electric guitar playing as I am of BB King or Albert King. Albert King has like the best vibrato 
And it's like his speech imperfection added to his sort of like vibe of his voice. Now, he had the like beautiful singing voice and vibrato, but his, I think it's, what do you call it? Like, um, is it diction or whatever you call it? Where enunciation, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Wasn't as good as like BB King or Freddie King, but it was so good. So guitar playing wise, I'm, I'm just a massive Albert King fan. Favorite blues guitar player alongside Clapton, like learning the ropes of blues without question. I also really love, um, I love the other guys too, but just not as much as Albert. Albert's flying V lefty attitude, just awesome. <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, he would be easily be my favorite of the three. I go through phases where I love listening to BB King as well, but there's only so much of that. I I like the big band sort of sound. I much prefer like sort of like the stripped back tone, uh, stripped back sound of the band with Albert King. All right, Paul Chapman, welcome, mate. Hope you're doing well. Damien says I've learned a lot with your videos. Thank you for your work. Hey, no worries at all, man. I appreciate that. Pinch as many licks as you can and. Uh, Get all the great gear that you can or that you like, you know, that I showcase. It's an easy way of sort of getting around having just to shell out for stuff. You know, if you can hear it beforehand and it's helped you, that's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, we've got Wi-Fi Burns. Welcome, mate. Hope you're doing well. The chat just went flying down here. All right, we've got a super chat from Damien. How are you, man? So there's two questions in one. I have a Joyo cab box. Do you think it's a good idea to put a Joyo preamp house in front of it um is the xlr output any good from memory the joyo cab box was pretty solid it's basically like amp cabs in a box right so you can use it i think with any overdrive but if you want the best kind of tone you could run something like the joyo american sound or joyo ac tone or any of those amp sim in a box pedals into it as well and just use the um the the cab sims but uh yeah, you know, I didn't have that for very long. It was one of those products I reviewed and then it either went back to Artist Guitars or I sold it. I, I can't really remember. <laughs> there was a period where 20, it would have been around 2020, where I, it's all a blur. <laughs> I don't really remember uh, lots about it, but it's a, it's a solid unit. So I think the only issue I had with it was trying to get the right amount of gain into the pedal you just can't sort of like crank your preamp pedals too much if you're running it like that but um let me just double check your question here mate i want to make sure that i've got it right i uh, i think that's supposed to say joyo preamp pedal right house is uh confusing me here is that an actual thing i'm completely unaware of oh that okay yeah 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 all right sorry i forgot what this was so these are like the nine preamps in one yeah, that, that kind of thing will also work uh, into it. You may find with, you know, I haven't actually used one of these um, preamp pedals before, but if you're recording and you don't want to have to use any sort of like uh, software IRs, this would be a way to, the way to go. So yeah, you could run that into that for sure. Uh, and they look pretty reasonably priced too. The uh, I've noticed that there's a, the DI out, I should also point out I haven't used from Joyo the little blue box. So yeah, I can't really give you a definitive answer on that unit, but you don't usually don't need it. The the cab box will basically be what goes out into your audio interface for your computer. So that's the way that I would run it. 
Um, a lot of this stuff's kind of like experimental. What I used to do was just run the Joyo American Tone pedal straight into my sound card. I'll have a reverb pedal after it and my pedals before it if I needed to do that and I would get great recorded tones. We did that, we used that on an album. It sounded so good. So there's plenty of great ways to record. Anyway, yeah, I haven't I haven't actually tried the Joyo preamp house. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what is that exactly? Yeah, this is one I haven't tried. I have seen it before, but um, yeah, it looks pretty great. Looks like it says XLR on or off, right? So if it already has an XLR on the back of that, you might not even need the cab box. But uh, that would denote usually that it has some sort of um, cab sim built in, which it does. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not 100% certain on the signal chain, but um, the cab box is usually enough to get you going. Like that that's the, the IR basically of straight out into your audio interface. All right, let me just bring back the chat. And thank you again for the super chat. I appreciate it. I'll go back to all the questions here once I can find where it went. Where's the chat gone? There it is. All right, awesome. Um, let me just go back up here. We've got Desert Doug. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm laughing at uh, John's comment here. Hey, Shane. I managed to find another Twinalux amp after massively regretting it and being unable to find an equal. I got lucky since they, um, they almost never appear for sale. Online used amp is for life now. That's great. That's from Tonal Timber. Well done. Nothing worse than selling something and re instantly regretting it. I've done that with amps. My Blues Deluxe was the stupidest mistake. I, so I sold it. I had it for about, I don't know how many years. I must have had it for five or six years. Sold it. Bought one back. No, I don't know. It was less than a year later and I've had it for 10 years. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Don't, um, don't sell that again. And the great thing about the Twinalux that a lot of people don't realize, even though it's a 212 amp and it's tweed and it's heavy, ish it's not that bad actually it doesn't have all reverb circuit and all that kind of stuff but you can half power that down and then you can also defeat one of the speakers like you can turn one of those speakers off and just crank it up and they sound unreal so congratulations man that's a absolutely killer amp all right let me scroll back down here if i missed any questions just add in the blues me here i never played a baritone guitar hello from oregon that's from uh greg i tell you what it is awesome fun. So I didn't know anything about baritone guitars because I've never really seen them in the lefty. I may have seen one at Jerry's years ago and not knowing like even how to tune it up was kind of confusing. But I tell you what, the tones I got clean and dirty were unlike any other electric guitar I've ever played. It was so much fun. And I've got a new format of videos. If you're just joining, I, I'm trying something new with the, the baritone video and this new amp video that I've got coming up, which is amp of the year, in my opinion, it's unreal. Um, amp head of the year, I should say, for lower watt amps. It's unreal. Best Strat tone I've ever had. It it's that good. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to showcase that. But um, the baritone thing is just like, it's mighty. It really is. And it makes you sort of play a little bit differently. Obviously, the chords that you're used to playing aren't the chords that you that aren't the same chords. Like playing a B minor, it's it's like an E minor, for example. So everything's kind of shifted, but uh, man, it sounds good. It sounds really good. Uh, Sean said, thanks for featuring your Marshall TSL 40 after hearing your 
reviews and sound clips. I picked up a used Marshall DSL-40C. Great amp. Very cool, mate. If you want to get the best tone out of that, if you find it a little bit too bright or whatever, put an Eminence Texas heat speaker in there. That's what I use in mine. I love that mod. Um, some people find those amps fine on the top end, depending on the speaker you've got in there too. But for me, it was always a little bit on the uh, mine, especially the CR was a little bit too bright with the stock speaker, that um, Celestian V-type speaker, I'm going to say. V-type, yeah. So great speaker, just a bit too bright for that amp. So the Texas heat just changed everything up. Hey, we've got Kate here. Welcome. How you doing? Great work on your improvements on the uh, guitar. You're doing well. Well done. GRB Aquatics. Welcome, welcome. All right, we've got heaps of folks here. This is awesome. Thanks for joining in, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate it. I missed last week. I'm going to try and do more regular live streams. I was going to try and do one the other not the other last week late, but by the end of the day, I was fried, and that's just never any fun. I've got my caffeine here, and we're, we're ready to roll. Uh, we've got DJ says, uh, Wend oh, sorry, Wendell says, uh, cheers from Alberta, Canada. No worries. Uh, Marco says, I really like listening to your channel. I've learned a lot. What's your favorite modulation pedal? My favorite of all time might not be the most popular, but it's the VS Audio Vibler. And I say it's not the most popular because it's inherently a little bit noisy, but when you turn it on, it's the sound. <laughs> it's so good. But I find because of the way it's built, I have to have it at the start of my signal chain. It's it's can get a little noisy, a little bit noisier than other pedals on the market, but I love it. I think that pedal is unreal. Um, that's really good. If you want something less expensive, there's one from a company called Moen. They make one called the, uh, it's got a Jimi Hendrix, the Jimmy, I think it's called, right? It could be, could be called that anyway. It's this um, pink, ish kind of pedal that does the same sort of vibrato leslie sound it's unreal you can get them for like 60 bucks um at least here anyway they might vary from place to place but um, i would say the vs audio vibler it's just a great modulation pedal you know i go through periods where i love tremolo but then i go off tremolo <laughs> and i find if i'm playing with other people the Vibler is by far my favorite. It just sort of adds a sense of difference to the mix. Uh, adds a sense of, it gives you something very different to listen to. Whereas a tremolo, while it gives you that sort of waveform and, and the choppy effect, it doesn't change your guitar tone necessarily. This one does. It gives you a very different musical sound and I really like it. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that would easily be my favorite. I've got one on both of my pedal boards. That's how much I like those. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're getting through the questions here. Sorry, guys. Let me scroll down. Um, Keith says, done into fasting, no sugar, no zero, no bread for the last six months, lost 30 pounds. Well, there you go. The bread, man. The bread is where it, getting rid of just bread will make a massive difference to most people. It's funny how many people think bread's healthy. It's, it's all bad. I Look, I don't eat perfectly. I'm not even going to claim I do, but... I'm making more of an effort now. I've been training for so long. It's time to actually get back into getting some results. <laughs> um, what do I need to spend money on now? I always enjoy your guidance. That's from DJ. Hi from Seattle. Um, thank you, mate. Thanks for the kind words too in that. I, I didn't read that intentionally because it's it's making me blush. All right. 
what do you need to spend money on the thing that you need <laughs> oh man i tell you what you could, it's like a rabbit hole this whole industry any industry camera equipment microphones guitars it, it's all comes down to um what it is you you're looking to fill the void with but i kind of feel like the thing that i'm enjoying way more than i ever thought is the baritone guitar harley benton it's coming up on the channel very soon the video is about 20 minutes from being finished i can't believe how good it sounds i thought i was going to struggle on it it was far easier to play than i thought not not because it's like an inexpensive guitar just because i thought the 27 inch scale length was going to throw me but it feels so good to play and it sounds unreal i'd look into something like that well, you can always just mod your amp put a speaker in there or something like that that's always fun Hey Shane, what's your opinion on the best way to learn guitar using an in-person teacher using various online platforms? That's from Kate. So it's a good question. I mean, like in today's day and age, the online platforms are awesome because you can go at your own pace and you're not like paying a lot of money for like bit fragments of information that you might not be able to remember later. That's always been a problem with like in-person lessons. I find like unless you're even recording the audio, you might just forget stuff. Depends on your capacity to remember things and, and what it is you're learning. I always find the easiest way for me to learn is a visual way. I pinch a lot of licks from hearing it and seeing it on a video on YouTube, even if it's not an instructional video. That's how I kind of pick things up. But not everyone can learn like that either. So I had an opportunity to go through a couple of, I, I get a lot of sponsorship requests for the channel, like, once a week, someone's saying, hey, do you want to plug our online lessons? And I'm like, I don't use it. So um, I don't want to plug something I don't use or haven't used. So they gave me access to it for a few days. And it was really good. <laughs> it was really good. I was like some, it was like two string song lesson, you know, some riff that you can play on two strings or whatever. I was like, this is really good. This is way better than when I learned. I, there's nothing wrong with going old school. If you can find a, I guess a digital download now. I was going to say a DVD or whatever, but that's how I learned a lot of my licks was just going through these instructional videos. You can get, I got a beginner's guide to blues guitar from Matt Smith, who that that completely opened up the guitar for me playing licks. It was, it was awesome. Um, and I also suggest focusing in on what you want to learn. Don't focus in on jazz if you want to play blue. Well, you know, there's crossover everywhere, but don't learn crowded house songs if you if you want to play albert king that's not going to help the pursuit and ease of learning you, you've really got to find if you are getting in-person lessons you want to make sure they're teaching you what you want to learn don't go the roundabout way you'll just waste time and money and effort and it's no fun keep it fun fun is the easiest way to learn if you can make playing music easy and fun for yourself the the learning growth goes like this as opposed to you know very slow so that's what I would recommend. I don't think there's any wrong answer. I just think don't get sucked into learning cover music or whatever if you don't want to play that. Or if you want to learn that kind of style, don't go learning blues. They're two completely different things. The crossover's there, but the, the frame of mind's very different. So, uh, yeah, one's more improvised and, and and the other one's like, this is these are the chords. This is the timing. Here we go. 
All right, we've got Cowhide Music. Welcome, welcome. It says, uh, pulled the trigger, 1990 PRS Custom 24 coming on Friday. Congratulations, mate. Very cool. Custom 24s is so much fun. <laughs> I reviewed a Custom 2210 top recently. Well, not that recently, but it went up on the channel recently. And it was such a beautiful guitar. You know, years ago, I was going to buy a, a Custom 24 from Jerry's Lefty Guitars. And one of my friends talked me out of it. Only later, he ended up with one. <laughs> I told you they were good. So, uh, yeah. What's my best reverb pedal? So the one that I liked uh, the most would have been the Boss FRV1. It's a Fender Boss reverb pedal. It's kind of like a digital recreation of the reverb head. It's really, really good. The only problem with those now is that they're way too expensive. Like, there's no, no reason they needed to be launched into the clon territory of price. It's just unreasonably expensive. I would say the best value one that you can get is probably from Robert Keeley. He makes one called the Triverb Spring Room and Hall or Church from memory, something like that. Little three-way toggle switch. Very simple. Sounds great. Additionally, any digital multi-effects pedal can do reverb like nothing else. So they're kind of like the kings when it comes to getting great reverbs and delays that sound clean and beautiful, but you know, it's a learning curve. If you just want a standard pedal, the Robert Keeley one is really, really good. Uh, Nick's for Life says, how many boost pedals are too many? Ooh, that's a tough question. Anything that turns your sound fizzy or anytime you lose all of your dynamics. So when you play soft or hard, it sounds the same. That's too many boost pedals. <laughs> but the great thing about a boost, a lot of people always put them before an overdrive. You should try a clean boost after your overdrive. So if you've got two boost pedals, put one either side, see what happens. So pre your overdrive will get more saturated and also give you a slight volume boost. After we'll take that tone and make it louder. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Jack Daniels, welcome back, mate. He says, long time since I caught one of these. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining in. Leave a thumbs up, folks, if you can. I appreciate that. It really helps the videos get sent out to more people and all that kind of stuff and all that kind of thing. It, it, it really does help. So thank you. Hey, we've got Amanda Coombs is here. Welcome, welcome. Metalhead Hippies here as well. Awesome stuff. All the rock stars are in the house. Metalhead, <laughs> welcome, man. I love your show. You've got the most relaxed live stream I've ever seen. You're like, yeah, man. <laughs> it's super cool. It's always on a different, like, it's on, it's either on early my time, like real early, like when I'm waking up or really late. But uh, yeah, it's super cool. Thanks for joining in, guys. A lefty baritone, it is. It looks like a normal guitar. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. But yeah, it sounds unreal. There is one thing about it I mentioned in the video that you got to be aware of with that. Uh, just those pickups that are in there, but it sounds really good. It's the first time I played a baritone guitar. First time I heard the low end come out of my amp, I went. It, it was shockingly good. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, user user says <laughs> it's a great username there, mate. Uh, I've got the same DSL 40C with the 7080 speaker, and it doesn't need a speaker change. All right, cool. So th that's the prior model to the one I've got. Um, 7080 speakers aren't as bad as everyone 
thought they were. I, I found sometimes those speakers are the only choice for amps. I, I've gone through the rabbit hole of switching speakers out in an amp that had a 7080 and that was the best choice. Actually, two of them. So, um, yeah, they, they do the job. And they're not as... I think when you hear things isolated, you tend to like other speakers more. But in the mix, the 7080s are quite good. All right. We got uh, Renato. Hello from Switzerland. As we share, <laughs> share the same name, I assume you have Italian roots. Mine are from Melise. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, some of my family from over there is from a town about an hour out of. It's called Sulmona. I don't know where exactly where that is. It's like south somewhere, I think. But um, yeah, that's my my dad's side of the family. Very cool. Thanks. Thanks for joining in. I appreciate it. Uh, Oh, we've got some super chatsies. Thanks, guys. Far out. Um, Giant says, off subject, sorry, uh, but you got me back onto solid state and I'm loving it. I'm using exclusively PV Red Stripe and Silver Stripe Bandits and Studio Pros now. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I get asked so many times, should I buy this new fancy amp with all these effects or what? I'm like, get a PV Bandit. It's a better amp. It sounds better. It's less complicated. It takes pedals better. They're awesome. I've had three Red Stripe PV Bandits, a Silver Stripe PV Bandit, and a Studio Pro 112 Red Stripe, and, I'll, and a Silver one as well, so quite a lot of them over the years. And I'm always looking for them online. I'm an idiot. I get rid of them, and I'm like, man, I wish I had kept that amp. So there's nothing wrong with those whatsoever. As a jam amp, as a gigging amp, I've used them in every situation. Recording, there's nothing wrong with them. They're really, really good. And thank you. Thank you for the super chat. I'm glad you're enjoying the amps. I would take them over most fancy or more expensive versions of a similar thing. You know, I, I really like the, the Blues Cubes. I think they're a solid amp, but in Australia, they're so expensive. You can buy a used Bandit for nothing. And like, they're, they're unreal. So that's a super cool. Thank you. All right, Deshaun, thank you for the super chat as well. Uh, Fender American Pro 2 Strat or Gibson SG Standard, which is a good choice. Have a Tally Gretsch, uh, Tennessee Rose, Gibson Les Paul, Classic, Epi Newest Lucille. Don't like Strats. Maybe have for the sound when I need one. All right, so you sort of answered your own, your own question a little bit. These kind of questions are pretty subjective. Like if it was me, I'd play, I'd buy the Fender American Pro Strat over the Gibson SG Standard because I'm not a big fan of SGs. I find them neck heavy. I find the connection of muscle memory different on an SG. It's the only guitar that I kind of struggle on because when you go to play a chord, like say I'm playing, I've said this before, if I'm playing a G chord, I tend to be, you want to be on the third fret, right? <laughs> on an SG, I find I'm on the A fret, the fifth fret up. So that always throws me and I, I I always have a hard time it feels like I need to reach further down to get to the same spot and that's the only guitar that does does that for me um, if you've got a tally the Fender American Pro Strats are unreal I actually want to get one of those Miami blue ones <laughs> I don't need one I got a great Strat but they're some of the best guitars Fender have made as production run like they're easily accessible they sound great and they feel good. Um, I would have no has I have I've actually recommended them to other people who have YouTube channels and other guitar players, and they all love them. So I would yeah I would have no hesitations getting one myself. Um, 
but it is subjective. Gibson SG Standard is completely different guitar, right? Tone-wise, if you're looking for humbuckers, then that's the guitar to go for if you're not much of a Strat person. Um, because you've already got a Gibson Les Paul and a, and a Lucille, like, is the difference going to be that much? That's how I would kind of find or feel about that. Um, I would find that the American Pro 2 might give you that inspiration to play. If you're comfortable on a Telecaster, the American Pro 2 strats are unreal. I, I would say buy one of those if it was me, but I'm not you. <laughs> so completely subjective. I'm going to leave this to the to the comments in the chat here to uh, weigh in on this one, but it's like comparing apples and oranges. It literally is a bit of that. So um, both are great guitars, and I, I don't think you'll regret either one, but if you haven't played an SG before, Oh, hang on. Did you say you got an SG as well? No. If you haven't played an SG before, that that's one of those things you got to try. I, I just can't feel comfortable on them. I've owned two, one or two over the years, and I just can't can't get into them as much as I can other guitars. So that's just me. And I've played a lot of guitars, and SGs are the only ones that kind of throw me a little bit. So just keep that in mind. But if you want the Gibson logo and the 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 great sort of pickups that they make, then that's the one to uh, go for. All right, Michael. Oh, sorry. Uh, Michelle says, "What do you notice any difference between a top loaded tally and a string through body tally? Which do you prefer and why?" Um, I kind of like the string through ones only because I find that a lot easier just to put the strings through. I don't know if there's any tonal difference between them. I've tried both. Some people might say the, the string through bodies will have more sustain, but I, I really think it comes down to the saddles and amongst other things on the guitar, if the nuts cut correctly. I've gotten great sounds out of both, but I think I like the look of the string through body ones more, which isn't really like an advantage. It, it just, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I, if I really feel one way or the other about it other than the visual aspect of it and just the ease of just putting the string through. So yeah, look, you usually find less expensive tallies will have just the bridge section without the holes through the body. You can just pop it through the, the ashtray there. I find them to sound fine too. So yeah, they're both pretty good. But I, I probably lean towards the, the classic design only because that's what most of mine have. What pickups would you recommend for upgrading my Squire, Strat, and Tally 2? You know, if you just want to play it safe, try the Texas Specials. They're a good first step into upgrading pickups. You don't really need to go too much more crazy into that than that because they sound great. They've got a more beefy sound, better overtones, and they're very easy to find both for Strats and Telecasters. So just give those a go. If you want to save a few bucks on the Strat, you can get the Tex-Mex pickups. Some people find them a little too bright. But I like them. It's up to you. But yeah, I, I would say try the Texas Specials. Don't buy the Fat 50s. They're, they're like the worst Strat upgrade pickups of all time. Way too bright. Not, no niceness. And that's from experience. Oh, there you go. Oct Octopus Ears just says, yeah, you can find the Tex-Mex pickups on sale for about 70 bucks. There you go. So it's coming from both of us. Either one of those two um, pickups would definitely do the job. That's the Jimmy Vaughan pickup sound of the Tex-Mex. They're awesome. All right, exclusively for low volume playing, what's a good 12-inch speaker choice? Celestion, Greenback, 
or Celestian El Nico Gold. Yeah, the Greenbacks are pretty good. They've got like a bit more of a mellow sound to them. Um, El Nico Golds are, are pretty much the high, highest end one. If you're going to be playing at low volumes, I would almost check out the Celestian Blue. They've got a really low output rating. I think it's like, what is it off the top of my head? And I say like 19 watts or something like that. Um, if you don't need more than that, that would be a good choice. They've got this sort of like fat sound that works okay at low volumes. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever played a Celestian Gold at a low volume, so I, I don't really know what that sounds like, but I've, I've used those speakers. They sound unreal. They're pretty much one of the best out there. I would also look into some of the emin uh, eminent speakers can get a bit on the loud side because they've got a higher dB rating. So yeah, maybe try the El Nico Blue. That would be a good choice. They put they put those in some of the Vox amps and a few other, you know, more boutique sort of stuff. But yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. And they got that mellow sound might be what you want. Um, still punchy, but not as devastatingly loud as others on the market. All right, user user says, which of the two SGs reviews did you did? Uh, so, blah, blah, blah. Let's try that again when I can talk. <laughs> uh, which out of the two SGs you reviewed did you like better? The SG Stand 61 or the SG, SG Junior? Man, that's hard to say. Just bought the SG61 standard from Aaron at Sky Music. Very cool. There was one I played with Rick in a live clip. I loved that guitar. I thought it was a custom shop one and it wasn't. And it was a two pickup job. That was really cool. Um, I'd have to go back and look through the videos. I kind of lose track of which guitars and were which and how they sounded. But that particular one from the Keys to the Guitar Shop series sounded unreal. So if you bought that red one with the two humbuckers, good stuff. And Aaron's a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats that's super cool um but yeah look you can get away with just about like i actually really like the sg modern as well the modern was one that i think that whole series goes a little under the radar most people don't like different versions of the same guitar it's like it has to be the the, the classic sort of uh, vibe and all that kind of stuff but yeah for sure the the dual humbucker cherry red one that was in there that i tried was unreal i really like that they, they all sounded good this is the thing with sgs they, they suck me in even though i'm not as comfortable on them it's like man i could get into that and i buy it and i just can't get into it for me personally but they're great sounding guitars look for that clip rick and i did it's two sgs playing live at the store the tone is off the charts good so yeah i tone wise they're unreal All right, let me scroll back up or down. I recently got my like for Strat. It's amazing. Congratulations. That's super cool. John says, don't like Strats because why the feel, the sound? Uh, is that in relation to a... Oh, is that a statement or a question? I, I don't know. I like Strats. They're harder guitars to get a sound out of. You've got to like kind of do things differently with your rig. They don't just immediately sound better than other guitars. You've kind of got to work everything to get the sound of a Strat to really shine. That also works or interacts differently with overdrive pedals. You've got to find the right one. You've got to have an amp with a lot of clean headroom, in my experience, to get like a really great Strat tone. You've got to dig in a little bit harder. You've got to, you know, you've got to fight it a little bit more to get, get it to really sing. But um, yeah, there's only, it's just, Sometimes the Strat is the only guitar for the job. 
All right. Oh, I know John's uh, statement was for the prior question. That's right. Um, how do I start combining pentatonic scales to make something that sounds good, original, and good? It sounds original and good. Everybody else seems to play effortlessly. I sound like scales. What do I do? Stop playing scales. <laughs> That's all it is. You've got to learn licks. Licks take the scales you've learned and improves upon them. You're not going to be able to play music with just running scales. And I think that's like the biggest misconception. It's good to know where the notes are and then stop. Especially the pentatonic. All you have to do with that is pick... This is what I would do, right? Put on a blues or a backing track in any key. It doesn't really matter what it is. And if you're in... Well, that's not in the key of um, B because of the guitar uh, tuning, but pick four notes. That's like no technique. That's just me clunking around on, on two strings. Pick a, pick a box shape and, and just try to get that to fit rhythmically in over songs. That's the first step. But also learn licks. Find some licks you, you love and uh, within your capabilities wherever you're at and play it until you don't even have to think about it you gotta you gotta burn it in like pick one one lick play it for two or three days or however long it takes until you can play it over a slow blues a fast shuffle a funk anything a rock song it doesn't matter all these licks are interchangeable if you change the the speed and tempo of it right so you got to learn licks. Go through a lick library lesson. Start with a beginner's one. There's so many great beginner's licks. It's what most people who did blues have done at some point. It's the woodshedding period. You learn your scales and then you learn the licks and you try to find someone who inspires you enough to want to learn their stuff. And then what will happen is you'll go, oh, why is that note in there? And it's not even like in the, in the pentatonic scale. There's so many great licks that run through notes to note that aren't on the sheets. This is why the, the sheets are kind of, or the scale sheets are a little bit limiting because there's what they call the blue notes. There's the major approach. There's heaps more that you can throw in. Um, but yeah, you got to learn licks and you got to find someone who at least inspires you enough to want to play. For me, it was easy. I had Albert King, Eric Clapton. Later on, I found Chris Kane, Tommy Castro, all these great players. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> like, even if I can just pinch a little bit and you might go, okay, I want to learn this lick and... You can't. Well, start with something simple, 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 and then go back to it six months later, because you'll find like as time goes on, your ability to play licks and your like flexibility between or, or the connection between your brain and your hands gets better, and you can hear things and play things faster six months later, and it's always one of those things. So, yeah, I remember when I learned um, the lick I overplay. It's this one. Everyone's heard it. Oh. I don't know if you can hear that over the mic. That took me ages. <laughs> so I just started working on it until I could play it without thinking about it. And now it's just part of the bag. And the bag, you need to have enough stuff in the bag to improvise, right? And then the improvisation part is taking what you learn and... Mm, Mixing it with other stuff. So that, that's how I would kind of look at that. All right. 
Hopefully that helps. <laughs> All right, Metalhead Hippie says, IR modelers versus amps is new better. What do you think of the innovation in the effects uh, versus analog? Uh, all right, so I think there's a tool for the job for everybody. I, I honestly feel like the best thing for me playing live is no digital effects on the floor, like no anything, like no Kempers, although that's an amp kind of thing. No Helix, no lines, no uh, head rush, none of that stuff. I don't want to use any of it when I play live, but for home studio use, those are some of the best things you can get. So it really depends on your application. I, I don't think there's one one tool for that will work in every situation. Some people go, oh, I take out my multi-effects and I play it live. Like, you know, Brett Kingman's a great example of that because he's a professional. He's playing on a stage that has proper sound engineers, proper fallbacks, and you can get away with that. Even Mark Knopfler, before he retired playing live, was using Kempers because he had the ability to have the exact sound coming back at him the way he wanted it. Unless you've got that, the digital multi-effects pedals aren't the way to go, in my opinion, for live playing because you end up, you're always at the mercy of the PA system or you're at the mercy of bringing more stuff Well, you might as well just bring an amp. That's how I feel about it. And if you need to change something, it can be a nightmare sometimes. Not all the time. Some units are easier than others. But I really feel like the analog approach is the easiest when it comes to dials and changing settings. You can look down and go, I need more gain or volume. Bang. Done. Awesome. <laughs> Not all multi-effects units are that simple. But if I'm recording, then you've got to come up with another solution. Can I? Am I able to be as loud as I need to be to get the sound that I want recorded to the computer? Or... Can I find another way? And that's where all the digital stuff really comes in. There's great hybrid products that go between your analog amps or, or that will just replace your speaker, like the Two Notes Capital X. And then from that, you can record directly into your sound card. And that's one of the best things of all time. It's a great mix of both. Multi-effects units take out all of that other stuff. And you've got essentially impulse responses and all that kind of stuff dialed into a box but they can take a little bit more finessing to get the sound that you want. And that can be a challenge if you don't understand what cabs and mics you like. And these things assume most people know all of that stuff, which they don't. And I don't know what some of the stuff is on there. I know most of the mics and the amps and that, but there's certain things I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of that effect before. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you're just getting started, a multi-effects can make a lot of sense if you want to record at home, but it can also be daunting. If you've already got an amp you love, something like the Two Notes Captor X makes that whole process a whole lot easier. Um, but for playing live, there's not a chance I'll be using uh, an all-in-one pedal. I've tried it a few times and I can never get it to work for my particular situation. I can never hear it properly or I need more of this or that and getting into the menu and changing things is a nightmare. It's just the sad reality of the places that I've played at least <laughs> anyway. so. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's situation is different, but they're all good in their own way, but that's how I would choose to use them. One's for home, maybe studio recording. One's a completely different scenario when I'm playing live because I can just dial things in on the fly. A mate of mine bought one of those big multi-effects pedals and he took it up to one of the places to play live. And it's like, man, that's not the right tool for the job. Like, why did you buy this thing? It's like the PA is no good. It's missing a horn, you know, it's missing a tweeter. It's like, do you really want to sacrifice that because it's lighter than bringing in your great amp? 
<laughs> no is the is the easy answer. So it's a long-winded answer, but that's how I feel about it anyway. I'm not against any sort of tech when it comes to guitar playing. I just know what I like personally. The less fiddling around I do, the better I tend to play. That's usually how it works. All right, let me scroll back up. Len Music says, are you cold? You know what? It is kind of cold in here today. It is. It is pretty cold. All right. It's weird. I live kind of like on a side of a hill. It doesn't get as much sun as I would like until the late afternoon. It's good in summer. Uh, all right. When's the next field trip to the States scheduled? It isn't at the moment. <laughs> Nothing's... That last trip cost me a fortune, so I don't know if I'll... Uh, be going back for a little bit. Um, I might go somewhere else next time, like different part of the world, but I, I still want to go to Texas again. So it will happen at some point. Man, I, I love traveling. I don't know if anyone else has done a lot of that, but uh, it, it's so much fun and getting to see, you know, great architecture and different way of living and all that kind of stuff. It's always fun. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know is the quick answer right now. I love Dr. Rick's playing. Well, Dr. Rick will be back very, very soon. So hang in there. We actually did a, a live recording here. He he's, shows up in one video that's coming up and then we'll release another um, clip as well after that. So yeah, hang in there. Oh, yeah, I bought the red SG Standard 61, same you reviewed at home. Oh, that's really cool, man. Congrats. That's a really great SG. That's awesome. I purchased the Epiphone LP special in the TV Yellow largely because of your review. I love that guitar. Thanks so much for that. Hey, no worries. Those are awesome. Those are really, really good. Yeah. Epiphone, man. I've said it before. They're making arguably the best guitars they've made with the exception of the Casino. <laughs> That's, that was awful. Um, but yeah. Not the old ones. The old ones are unreal. The new ones, are the, they're cheap. I don't know what went wrong with that. those guitars, man. All right, Alan says, getting late here, pal. See you later. Thanks for joining in. I appreciate that. Um, my Kiesel uh, Delos had a thicker neck and it's killer. Man, Kiesel make unreal stuff without question. Like not having ever seen them until I got that Johnny Highland hybrid chain S5 special guitar. <laughs> it's, it's one of the best guitars I've ever owned. I know it sounds like a cop out, but it is. It really is. The tone of that guitar is the best. It has a 3D sound. It's all the good stuff you like in strats and tellies, and it's easy to play. It's just engineered beautifully, and it's light. It's such such a great guitar. Uh, the Outlaw says, yeah, I hate seeing players always messing with their pedal boards because they have so much junk on the floor. Keep it simple. Totally. Absolutely. There's so many people who play like what have just... Just an enormous amount of effects. Well, they run everything with the gain dimed all the time. And it's like, oh, man, sounds awful. Like, stand out a foot from your amp. And no one can hear it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, getting a good live tone is, is different to getting a, well, it's not different to getting a great recorded tone, but it, it's different than, yeah, it takes a bit of time and practice. And sometimes, like, more stuff isn't the answer. If you can get an amp, like that's why I kind of like playing the Marshall. When I get a chance to just turn that up, it's so freeing. It feels so good to play. 
it's a it's just a beautiful um experience yeah cowhide says it's lone lex add some flare half step slides get you out of the box yeah totally yeah, look, it's just messing around with some of that major stuff too. Like, if you want to start simple, go through some of the easy BB King licks, some of the Eric Clapton stuff. That's a great way of getting great feel and playing easy stuff. His vibra Clapton's vibrato is the best, right? So it's just this slide, slow vibrato thing that he does. It's really tasty, and it will get you out of just sort of like running scales. Just try to force yourself not to play scales. <laughs> pick four notes and say, all right, these are the four I'm going to play and then add another one until you start getting the timing and the execution down over whatever it is you're playing. And also, if you're playing blues, don't play to a metronome, play to a backing track. Backing track is a metronome. If There's so many great ones from elevated jam tracks and, man, I'm subscribed to so many of those channels and I bought their catalogs of backing tracks as well. They've got so much good stuff that just practice the music as well. Don't just sit there noodling. Put a song on if you get a noodle, a noodle to something. It will it will greatly improve your timing and execution. Metalhead says, love Bergs. Yeah, Bergs is awesome, man. We are talking about him on the last live stream. Yeah, I got to get him over here at some point or vice versa, do some stuff. If you're using the Captor X Live, your amp is just a really heavy pedal. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if you if you um I think the beauty of the Captor X is right, like unlike unlike a lot of solutions, you can actually still have the sound coming out of your speaker. So it's a path, it's a pass-through option if you want to use it like that. And it's also an attenuator. So you can run your amp loud switch the attenuation to 50% and drop the volume big time or, or even lower. So that's a three-step power attenuation there from high to medium to low. So you'll still get your sound of your amp behind you. So it's not, it doesn't just turn the speaker off unless you want to run it like that. You can do that as well. So the advantage of that is you can get a basically a beautiful XLR out to the front of house. So in those situations, it's really cool. I get it. Like it is a something else to take with an amp, but at least you're still using your amp. That That's kind of the best part about it, in my opinion. Oh, chat just flew down here. Sugar River Area Fish and Wildlife says, hello to Shane and all the groovy folks in the Blues universe. Thank you for joining in, mate. I appreciate that. Welcome welcome to the, to the live stream here. Uh, oh, man. Sorry, the chat just flew down. If I missed anything, just add in the Blues me here. Hey, we've got Janice here. How you doing? Uh, have I had any experience with the Oscar Schmidt Delta King 335? No, but I'm going to look it up because I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I always like when I hear stuff like this. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Uh, it's pretty affordable. Looks... So the plan was to get all of this hooked up so I could run the screen into the live stream. It still isn't working like that yet because uh, I'm not using the computer to stream. I'm using something else, but it'll be coming up. Uh, no is the quick answer. It looks cool. 
I don't know anything about this particular guitar um, other than I see one on Reverb that's used for 351 I think that's Australian dollars, right? It is. Okay. So probably like 200 and something US if you're looking from over there. Um, it looks very similar. It looks really similar to almost like a rebranded Hagstrom guitar minus the the headstock, which I, I don't love how much text is on there, but otherwise they look pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's a guitar I don't know much about, but thanks for the heads up. And yeah, sorry, I, I can't really help you. The model number for anyone looking for it is the OE30. Oh, that's the OE30, you said 335. I guess that's what you meant. Um, Semi-hollow electric guitar. They look cool, but yeah, I don't know enough about them. Sorry. All right, let me go back to the chat. I love when I do that and then I can't find the chat. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, let me scroll down. Vox AC10 or Fender Blues Jr. Oh man, yeah, both those amps are pretty good. The AC10 is probably like the best 10 watt amp you can buy. It's, in terms of like combos, it really does have a lot of vibe. I really love it and they're quite loud, but the Blues Juniors have the advantage because of the, the 12 inch speaker and just a few more watts. But yeah, it just it comes down to see this is the this is the funny thing about blues juniors. They're not your typical Fender amp. A lot of people say they got the Fender tone. They're kind of different. Like they're not six V six or six L six amps. They're EL eighty fours, which is kind of like a Vox, <laughs> but they're not as scooped in the mid range as what you might find from a an AC ten. But AC tens are a really fun amp. So I have a hard time sort of like dismissing that from that conversation because they're really good. Um, yeah, if, if I was buying one of, one of those, I mean, I've had, I've had a few Blues Juniors and I've never owned an AC-10, but the AC-10s are a lot of fun. They probably got the better dirty sound out of the two, whereas you might get a little bit more clean headroom out of the, the Fender. But again, if I'm playing live, the 12 inch speaker is what I want over a 10 inch. There's, there's no question about it. Home use. Blues Juniors can be a bit too loud to get the good sound. You might want to go for the Vox. That might also help you. Um, what do I think about the guitars like the GTRS with the, um, or guitars with the effects built into the guitar? I think they're kind of cool. You know, I saw one of those in Hawaii when we were there. It was like a, sort of like a, I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically like a fiberglass style acoustic guitar that had delay and reverb and so forth like built into it and things sounded great in person that was one of the first times i thought to myself that's pretty cool but i don't want that on an electric guitar i think that makes more, <laughs> more sense on an acoustic but i could be convinced otherwise i could be convinced if i hear one and i go wow that's awesome because i, I usually think electric guitar players might already have a lot of that stuff whereas acoustic players might not uh what was the name of that guitar it'll someone will remind me it, it was good it was good it was at the easy music center i want to say it was like lava guitars maybe something like that uh, 15 watt is way too loud but 
I could make it work. 15 watts is louder than most people think. I think most people assume Blues Juniors aren't loud. You get them home, you're like, oh, that's 15 watts. That's why I never say buy an amp, you know, over 10, five to 10 watts usually is the most you need in a home practice amp. One watt is enough a lot of the time too. So yeah, it really depends on a few factors, but yeah. Gear worth getting says he loves his AC10. They're unreal. I, I think they're one of the best sounding little amps you can get. And they're a good price too. They really are. You know, Fender's reliability isn't, isn't always good. I haven't had too many problems with Vox stuff, but Fender amps, they're really hit and miss. Sometimes they nail them and they're fine and you have no problems. And other times it's a nightmare. That's at least how my experience with actually buying them has been anyway. Uh, Paul Chapman says, back in the early 80s, I saw Clapton at the Sydney Horton Pavilion. Uh, we were blown away by the sound. We were hit with stunning. Have you, have you a view regarding his old stage setups versus the new? Yeah, look, I, I'm a big fan of some of his um, 90s tones. I, I think the 80s and 90s tones were some of the best. Some of the 80s ones were a little on the cheesy side. They were a little bit too chorusy or something. There was a weird sort of... He might have been going for that Albert King thing, having the chorus on the on the lead solo tone, but I, I really loved his, his 90s tones, like From the Cradle and Live in Hyde Park and... Even the 80s tones before that, where he's still, I think, playing the black strat or the brown one. It was one or the other. I think the I think it was the black one. Just through like almost, it was almost clean. And it was sounded so good. Um I don't love the fizzy preamp Clapton tone. I like more of the open sound. And I should say I'm a big fan of his 335 sound. That's what inspired me to get one. That Hyde Park 335 tone. I can listen to that all day. It's it's almost like laughably better than his Strat tone, which at least for me on that recording sounded pretty good. Um, yeah, but man, the 335. I don't know why he didn't play that more. <laughs> but it's all subjective stuff, right? I, I think there's some great tones in, and some average tones in just about everybody's um, live performance stuff. So yeah, it all comes down to what you, you like, but I've never been a big fan of that sort of like preamp thing that it just makes things fizzy and not necessarily better. <laughs> but who am I to critique? <laughs> well, man with the microphone. That's all you need these days, huh? All right. Uh, Tone Dragon, welcome man. He says, have you ever tried a past effects pedal based out of Australia? No, never heard of them. And this is part of the problem with a lot of uh, Australian marketing for pedals and guitars and amps. You just never hear about these things unless someone says, hey, have you tried these? I've, I've never heard of them. They're just like, a lot of them are unfortunately still stuck in like 1996. Um, it just, it's like, there's so much great stuff being built here that no one ever sees until you go to a product show and you're like, where's your online presence? Where's your YouTube channel? Where's your Instagram account? Oh, we don't have one. It's like, great. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I I don't know anything about them, but I'm going to look them up. So thank you. Uh, John says, hey, Shane, spending the first week of school holidays with the kids. Very cool, mate. Uh, take care. Thanks for... Stopping by, mate. All the best. And uh, yeah, 
if you miss any of this or you want to watch it back, the playback will be up. And again, if you just joined lately, uh, recently, I should say, since I've been live, you can listen to it on iTunes, In the Blues Tone podcast, or you can go to Spotify now. I plugged it all in. I plugged it all in finally. My nerdy brain finally got activated again and I, I worked it all out. For some reason, one of the feeds I had for years stopped working and it wasn't doing anything that it should have been doing. So I ditched it and I worked it all out. So yeah, all the best, mate. Take care. Thank you. Um, uh, Attila says, hey, Shane, question. What camera do you use to record your gigs? What can you recommend for under 2K Australian? All right, so I've got a lot of camera equipment, <laughs> but what I would su suggest for gigs if it's just going to be sitting on a tripod, there's so many great options out there for, for camera equipment. I don't have one and done, but one that I like to, that, there's a couple that I like to use. The Sony a7C, because it's it's a full frame camera. If it's a dark gig, it's the, the camera to take. And they're not, actually, I think it's just over your budget, unfortunately, but you can probably pick them up used for less than that, or maybe an open box demo or something. Now, I don't love those cameras, but the image quality is really good. And if sometimes when I'm at the jam nights, I take them. Another one which I take, which I thought I had on my desk here, which I don't, is the GH5 Mark II is really good. That, that's a great camera. And right now you can get them with a lens for free. The GH5S is an awesome camera as well. And I use those for years. The benefit of that, they're great in low light. The only downside is there's no stabilizer built into them. So they're a much better camera than the Sony is overall. Um, when I do my multi-camera stuff, I'm using Panasonic S5s. They're like my, that's my multi-camera setup now. So I've got four of those, which you see in my main studio. I do another channel in here and I use different a different camera setup in here, but they're all pretty expensive. Um, but I would say the GH5 Mark II and the GH5S are both really solid cameras, like to the point where I almost feel like I didn't get much more for paying way more for camera equipment. It's that law of diminishing returns. Um, as an all-rounder, if you pair the GH5 Mark II with a, a decent lens, you'll get great results and you can let them record all day. They've got a stabilizer built into them. You can get this little XLR adapter that's right here. <laughs> And you can plug this into your, um, here you go. I'm using one of these on the camera that you're looking at right now, basically. And this is, um, this allows you to plug a couple of XLRs in. And this just goes in, if you want to use that, just directly straight onto the top of the camera. Um, and then you're good to go. This is the, the newest one from Panasonic. They actually sent me this to review, which was crazy on my other channel, but, um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Micro Four Thirds. I really feel like they get a bit of a hard rap for this low light performance thing that everyone keeps talking about, but the image quality and features and all that kind of stuff, it's hard to beat. There's a, They're just well worth it. Um, you can even go cheaper than that if you wanted to. Check out a G85. They've got unlimited recording, very similar type of camera. Um, just they lack a few of the, the higher res features, not necessarily in terms of video resolution, but it comes down to... It's bit depth. They're all 8-bit cameras, like the Sony is. The Sony A7C is a is an 8-bit camera. Um, it gets a bit nerdy and technical, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I would say the Panasonic stuff's probably the best value out there if you need to record unlimited and have a really great lens selection that's also affordable. 
It's one thing to say, oh yeah, get a Sony, and then you find out the lens you need is sixteen hundred bucks. It, it's not for everybody. It's a yeah, it's a total rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. All right, how long we've we been going for here? An hour and four minutes. I was gonna try and keep this just over or near an hour and a half, somewhere around there. So we'll take a few more questions here while we're while we're going. I don't mind answering any kinds of questions. But at the end of the day, when it comes to recording gigs, especially if you're going to be, if you just want to leave a camera and let it run and never have to worry about overheating and all that kind of stuff, the Panasonic stuff is my favorite. It's really solid. All you have to do, there's one small limitation to them. The autofocus isn't awesome like it is on like Sony or Canon, but they never overheat. They're far cheaper. And when you turn it to manual focus mode, you can just tap on the screen or push a button depending on the model and it will lock like lock focus and you're laughing that's it so that's my two cents i love this stuff i love camera gear man it's just a it's an addiction <laughs> i'm eyeballing it this is how good some of those old cameras were the gh5s i'm actually like thinking of selling some of my more expensive stuff and like reverting back to them though they're good this is like overkill having some of the stuff that I've got here at the studio. It's just like, just crazy. Yeah, the Sony mirrorless stuff is great. I mean, I, I got a few of them uh, and not, not to boast, this is stuff that I ended up trading in and getting other, other things and trying to up my production. And at the end of the day, the results out of these aren't better than less expensive options if you light your room properly or whatever the case is. And sometimes, um, anyway, it, it, it gets pretty nerdy. But there's plenty of great cameras for that price. Just make sure that whatever you buy has unlimited recording and no overheating. Look it up. Stay away from the Canon stuff. Um, most Sony stuff today in 2022 is pretty good. But the older cameras and some of the smaller censored ones have recording limits. Not all of them, but some of them. There's, the A7C would be about as cheap as I would go if I was buying a Sony. They do have less expensive APS-C cameras, but they're a bit... They're a bit like a toy. They kind of have this toy vibe to them. That's where the Panasonic GH5S or the GH5 Mark II is like infinitely better. And you can get, you can run them all day. It, it, they're a much better choice. At the expense of background blur. That's that's the thing that everyone wants. Oh, I want the background blur. Well, you're going to have to spend $1,000 on a lens. Anyway, all right. That's enough camera stuff. <laughs> How'd you record your guitar... How did you record your guitar sounds with backing tracks, etc., on your USA trip? The old-fashioned way. <laughs> so basically what I did, I had most of my... I had this camera, I had my other Sony and the GH6 with me, and I had the, the ATEM Mini switcher. So that allows us to switch cameras on the fly without having to have... Um, without having to do a lot of editing later. I still was still editing in the videos, but it was a lot less. I didn't have to, like import all the files and do all that kind of stuff. It was much faster. Uh, sorry, what was your question, uh, guitar? All right, so the intro tracks were done with the Strymon Iridium with my pedals that I used throughout the video. And all of the, because basically the reason why I use that, you can't mic an amp up in a room when you've only got one reference monitor. We had one studio monitor, that was it. And it wasn't loud enough to be heard over the amp in the room which was cranked i couldn't hear both it was like we had to find another way to record 
So that we used the Strymon Iridium into the Focusrite sound card that Jerry had. And then for all of the main demo, we had it had the amp mic'd up with the Sennheiser E906 and the it's in the description of all those videos, basically. I, I wrote what we used. Uh, what was the other microphone? It was a pencil. Was it another Sennheiser mic? Oh, AKG. I can't remember. There was another microphone that we used that was like a pencil condenser microphone, which was Jerry's. And I, we got a blend between both of those. So it's just recording an amp like you would normally. But for the jam tracks, because of being able to hear, you need to hear the track back as you play, we had to use something else. And the Strymon Iridium was awesome. So, um, yeah, Dr. Rick lent me that. It was it was unreal. It's really, really great. It was before I got a chance to test out the uh, the Multicab 4. So the Strymon just made a lot of sense. It's awesome. Uh, how's nice springtime in Victoria? Well, normally it wouldn't be too bad, but it's been raining a lot. Today's warm, but it's not a great day outside. <laughs> At least it's not in here anyway. My house is always pretty cold. Maybe give the new casinos another chance at some point. If I recall, you weren't fond of the Blues Drivers at one point. No, I didn't think they the Blues Drivers were bad at any point. I mean, they make good stuff. I just thought they were a little bland. There's a lot of problems with the casinos. For my style of playing, it makes them unusable. One, I can't turn my amp up loud and have it not feed back. Especially at a gig. Like, we used them live. Dr. Rick played one. It... it Sound, it sounded okay when it wasn't feeding back. And then you run into all the playability issues and not being able to get up past the 12th fret easily. So you're all of a sudden limited to like the 12th fret and down, which is good if you're a great guitar player, but sometimes I want to go up to the 15th fret and play over the, the G scale. So yeah, I, I found there to be a lot of problems with playability, feel. It was one of the most awkward guitars I played. I'm not saying they're all bad. This is just my experience with them, but um, I, I would not recommend one of those over a casino, uh, over a, a Epiphone Dot. Not a chance. Epiphone Dots, better playability, better pickups. None of this, oh, just change the pickups right after you buy it and you'll be good to go. Well, why didn't they put good pickups in there to start with? It's, it's just not good. I just don't know who that guitar's for unless you play jazz and you play clean and you... Yeah, unlike a lot of guitars, even I've played other hollow body guitars that don't have the same inherent feedback issues. And a lot of people go like, oh, you've never played a, a hollow body guitar. I played 30 of them. None of them are as bad as that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of um, that guitar, mostly because of the feel. I hate the attachment point of the neck on the fretboard. It, it's just the tone was pretty, it was okay, but not great. But it's just the functionality of it left me like, man, I, I wanted one of those guitars for 10 years, maybe longer, and to play one and just go, what have they done? Like, it wasn't as good as my friend's old one either. Like, my friend's got one of those. They're great guitars. I just don't know what went wrong with those lefties. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it is what it is. If you play mostly clean, play chords, Probably probably be okay, but if you play live and you like to turn up and you want to throw on some overdrive and you want to play further up the neck, that's where all the problems start, in my opinion. That's why I can't recommend them to anybody. And to change pickups in a guitar right after you buy it means that the pickups were crap. 
I see people posting videos of, oh, the only fix you'll need to do on this guitar. Yeah, but how about how do you play past the 13th fret? <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. I, I like guitars that are a bit more functional. And that's not to belittle anyone who owns one. And if it works for your style, that's awesome. You make it work better than me. You're a better guitar player than I am. Um. <laughs> do you have a closet of just chords? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know how many chords I, I kind of know. I know a lot of like complementary chords to things. Like if people are playing a certain chord, I can pick a different one and... That just kind of comes from like lots of years of playing live, you know, trying to pick what isn't the same as somebody else. It's always a, a good thing or not just defaulting to nights or something. Hey, Ian's Guitar Shack. Welcome, mate. Hope you're doing well. My artist, Cherry58, semi-hollow body is epic. That's a much better guitar. Without question, I, I would play that any day of the week <laughs> over a casino. At least the casino that I had a chance to play, I. I really, you know, a couple of years back, there was an opportunity to to buy one of the old ones and I passed it up. I probably should have got it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, man. I, I just I just can't get into it, but it is what it is. Uh, all right, let me just see if I missed any questions. I've, I'm at the bottom here. So uh, DW, I may give them a shot again at some point just to either reiterate my point or maybe I'll be shocked and I'll go, okay, so I played a dud. Maybe it was wired incorrectly. But the fact Rick played one that also had the same issues with feedback in a live situation was was tough. But I'm, I'm more than happy to give it a go. Maybe they'll fix this knowing that everybody who's buying them is changing the pickups. Maybe they'll like wax the pickups a little bit better or something. Have uh, I ever played an Emily Wolf? Sheraton. No, I've owned an Epiphone Sheraton before. I bought it. I loved it. It was a beautiful looking guitar and it was used, but I bought it from a, a shop here and it had um, weather posts on the uh, bridge sort of sit. There's these two posts that come up out of the body. They were actually loose. I didn't notice it when I went to buy it. And I got it. I went to change the strings and I was like, oh, these are on a really weird angle. I took the strings off and click, <laughs> it fell out. So I just took it back. I said, look, this can't be fixed without like putting basically like repotting the the holes and then sort of like drilling them out again. I don't have those kind of tools, but great guitars otherwise, super cool. Uh, a guy I know has got a Sheraton, one of the nicest guitars out there. I haven't tried that one though. So, uh, Grumpy says, hi, Shane, my new amp does not have reverb. Do you have a reverb pedal recommendation? No, I'm not getting a different amp. You know what? I really like using analog delay with amps that don't have reverb. That's kind of like my choice for it. If I'm going to add a reverb pedal, I spoke about this before. My two favorite would be the Boss Fender FRV1, which can only be bought used for some reason now. I, I don't know why, but they, they're actually really good. And um, the second one's the value for money wise. Again, the Keeley Omniverb one is awesome. You get three different types of reverb sound and it works really well. So they're kind of the two that I'd recommend. After this is done, I timestamp this. I'll, I'll link it down in the description so you can check it out or you can just look for it now. But um, yeah, those two are really good. I find I don't miss reverb much if the amp sounds good 
or if I've got a little bit of delay, slapback delay, this is an amp, amp of the year video coming up for me, hands down. This is like one of the best amps I've ever played. And it doesn't have reverb. Using analog delay, it sounds so good. And it doesn't, I, I didn't miss not having reverb. And if you know the channel, you know I love reverb. So sometimes analog delay can give you the same kind of, not the same effect, but the same kind of inspiration. You know, I think reverb adds a little bit of something nice to the sound. Analog delay can do that as well. So if you don't already have an analog delay pedal, definitely check that out as well. That's something that I would definitely um, look into. There's so many great reverb pedals out there, but a lot of them are like super expensive. That The Omni Reverb would be the one that, at least in recent times, would be... It's the most versatile given its price point and it's built well. There's a whole bunch of different ones out there, right? But yeah, you can either spend less and, and have one that does one thing pretty well. But yeah, that's that's a good one. My casino is 20 years old. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, those ones are probably great. I've never gigged just a hobby blues guy. Play through a Bagheera V5 into a 1x12 greenback cab. Very cool, man. Bought it right after you bought the amp after your review. That's one amp I really miss not having here. I sold it because I needed to at one point. I was like, man, I'll keep my eye out for that again. <laughs> it was uh it, it's a great little, great little amplifier. Man, and a guy I knew for I must have known him for 10 years at least. He had an old Epiphone casino and his tone through a Laney little VC30, I think it was, was some of the best blues tone I'd ever heard. No pedals, no nothing. And that's what inspired me all these years to want a lefty. And then when I played one, I was like, these are nothing like either what I expected or they're nowhere near as good as what the old ones, the new ones are. The, no, the old ones. So yeah, the new ones aren't as good as what the old ones were. It's not a case of just like, Old stuff is better because that's not the case. I'm not a big believer in that. But uh, yeah, I think in that case, that might be something that they, you know, people, this is the problem with companies. They're always trying to save a few bucks. If they can save $2 a pickup by making them worse, they'll, they'll save $2 a pickup. Hey, we've got Ed here. Welcome, man. Says, uh, just got an Epiphone Les Paul ukulele. Ever mess with one? I have not. <laughs> That sounds pretty cool, though. I don't even know what that looks like, but I'll, I'll have to look into that. That's super cool. SD says, have you ever tried an Amplified Nation amp or a Magnetone? I've played a Magnetone amp. They sound unreal. Amplified Nation amp, I have not. I don't know those. Um, Dr. Rick's actually got a Magnetone, little 22 water. It's the lopsided tremolo one, I think. And I mean, He makes everything sound good, but yeah. Did he have that with him the other day? We did a jam here at the house. He may have actually had it here. It's, it was great. It's a great amp. So, uh, yeah, Magnetone amps are really cool. For those who don't know, kind of set up a little bit like a deluxe reverb, at least the one that he's got. 22 watts, 6V6 uh, output tubes. Really great clean pedal platform, but a bit more attack and mojo about it, I think, over a deluxe, which are great sounding amps, of course. But the other, Amplified Nation, I, I don't know anything about that. All right, Christian Rose says, should I, I guess, why? Always be first in line on a board. I always have it to the right of everything, before the tuner, 
That's the way I like to use it. There's no real right or wrong with this stuff. You can put it at the end if you choose to use it that way. I like it at the start. It feels easier for me just using my right foot and balancing on my left. <laughs> so that's how I do it. Uh, yeah, you can really like, you can do, do that however you like. There's really no right or wrong. Grumpy Crumpet says only 64 likes. 64, come on, how many people are here? We've got 90 people here. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. We'll see if we can get it up. Let's go for 80. That would be awesome. You know, the likes, the comments, all that stuff, it really helps things get found and people will uh, be more aware of the channel. YouTube pushes all that kind of stuff. So thank you uh, for all the support. Do you know of any gigging blues players who use a Gibson Epiphone Nighthawk or, or Epiphone Nighthawk? Um, would you use one? Yeah, you know, I've never played one. I don't know if I've ever seen a lefty of, of those before. I would be happy to give it a shot, but uh, to answer the question, I don't know anyone that has one. Um, Cowhide says, FRV1 use prices have gone nuts. I own one now and I got it used for 50. Now they're 300. Yeah, exactly. They're not worth 300 bucks. For what, why ever they, they went up that much is beyond me. I, I don't really understand it. I sold mine, I think, for probably slightly less than I purchased it for, but I I think I got it for like 129 Australian dollars at the time, something like that. I think I sold it for a hundred bucks. I went, oh, that's cool. You look them up three months later, they're hundreds of dollars more. It's like, why? Why would I buy one of those over, why would I buy one at that price over countless other reverb pedals at a much more ex, uh, affordable price? So yeah. Have I ever checked out the Monopros Nah, mono price 15 watt stage right tube amp kind of like a blues junior with a celestian 7080 speaker we don't get mono price stuff here in australia that's like an amazon brand or whatever it is or like a it's sold on amazon in the us or in canada uh we don't get it we, you can order it but it comes with the 110 power supplies which are useless here but you blow it up so um no I, I haven't tried one supposedly there was another brand who are releasing similar amps to them here, but with a different brand name. So it may have been like an OEM situation where whoever builds those amps sells them to Monoprice, they put their own lo logo on it. And then another brand just buys the same thing and puts a different name on it. So if I get a chance to try one at some point, I will, but I've never seen them uh, in person, unfortunately. I would, I would happily give one a shot, by the way. I'd like to try one out. Um, uh, oh, here we go. Chris says, Dream 65 pedal. Have you tried it? And if so, what do you think? You know, I haven't tried that. I, I saw a lot of videos go up at the same time. And, you know, there's the hype train is pretty real with a lot of stuff. And I know when like camera gear is released, everyone's going nuts for one, one particular model and they swear it's the best. And then the next one comes out. So if you love the Fender sound, and that's what you want, it's probably a great choice. Can you save a few bucks by getting something else? <laughs> probably. I don't know if I'd take it over something like a Strymon Iridium because they're a little bit more flexible in what you can get out of them to some extent. But if you love the Fender sound and that's all you really want, they're, they're a good choice. I, I haven't used one personally, but I've seen enough about them now to know that they sound pretty great. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of uh, how I feel about them. I, I'd like to give them a go, but I haven't been in a situation to, to give one a shot yet. 
Uh, Chris says, I have the mono price. It's a really great buy. Very cool. Uh, preferred it to the Keeley Omni side-by-side, -side, though Keeley sounded great. Has three reverbs. Yeah, and for the price, right? Like, why, again, you got three sounds for less money than you'd pay for a used Fender FRV1 when we're talking about those reverb pedals. So that, to me, makes more sense. Um, yeah, the used price of some of these things that just get discontinued aren't warranted whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. It's like the Klon KTRs, which are still in production. People are trying to sell their red first edition Klon KTRs for 600 bucks. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm going to buy something else. Yeah, one of the things that I haven't seen enough of from the Greek pedal companies, who in my opinion are making some of the best stuff, the Europe Europeans, man, they, their pedals are off the charts good, functional, flexible, and, and reliable. But they don't seem to have, or I haven't tried any of their reverb pedals. I haven't seen, I know most of the companies don't have one, which is interesting. So fingers crossed, if Crazy Tube Circuits or VS Audio or Jam Pedals or another company brings out a reverb, I'll try it because I, I their stuff, they usually take their time with stuff and then it's great. So fingers crossed. Ever, ever tried gold strings saw a funny review last night you know what i've not tried gold strings and i'm gonna look into that after this and see if i can find that video because that sounds hilarious uh, i i don't know what to expect from it already but that sounds pretty fun uh for reverb i have the tc electronic hall of fame uh two by four and it sounds great it's extremely versatile yeah i mean they, they make good stuff as well got it new Open box for $199 from Manny's. Very cool. Very cool. Plenty of lawyers buying Klons and Gibsons. <laughs> and doctors. Dr. Rick, he's guilty of that. <laughs> uh, Harley Benton have the same amp as the stage right monoprice, just a different branding. Oh, there we go. Okay, it's a Blues Junior clone for the most part. Very cool. Yeah, TC Electronic Pedals, I haven't had a lot of experience with. I know Dr. Rick had the flashback pedal from them and this was the only time we noticed signal degradation was with a flashback delay it reduced the high end when we had the pedal plugged in and it was enough for the ocd to for rick to go okay i'm getting rid of that <laughs> but it hasn't been a problem with the others so i don't know it might have just been a dud maybe the um the buffer or something was part of the problem in there i, I don't know exactly how they're built but yeah uh, do I miss my Epiphone? Uh, I don't know which one you mean, but it, the only... I haven't had an Epiphone for years. The last one I had was the 335, and that was a great guitar. Um, my Flying V, if you meant V by that, is a Gibson, and I've still got that. <laughs> I actually finally... It needs a bit more of a setup. I fixed the frets. I need to fix the intonation on it, and then it'll be good to go. Hey, Greg's Kitchen. Welcome, man. How good was that ultra expensive PRS custom 2210 top? Sounded great. How much was it? All right. So that was one of the only guitars in there that was like not for sale. I found out uh, like after I got back. <laughs> it was a great guitar. I don't know. It was used as a 2018 or 19 PRS. I tell you what, that was one of the best playing guitars I've ever played. There was three from that session that, well, there were four. But the, the three that you've seen so far, obviously that Monteleone guitar felt ridiculous to play. 
right alongside that was the Collings, the, the blue Collings LP style electric and that PRS were all so easy to play. It's like you can't bend a wrong note. <laughs> it's just too easy. And that's that lack of fight thing. Like, you know, you got to work kind of hard on a strat. Those three guitars just make playing very easy. There's another one too from Collings, another brand no one really seems to care about, or at least not on my channel anyway. There was a dual mini humbucker one. Man, that sounded good. But the, the PRS was beautiful. It really was. I don't know what they're worth. I did ask Jerry, like, oh, maybe it wasn't on the website or something. I was like looking up information. He goes, yeah, that, that's just like a private one that's here. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but the thing sounded unreal and the neck was beautiful. Like you look at that Monteleone and what that's worth, the PRS neck is right there. That's how nice that neck was. It was, it was something else. That was the best PRS I've played in a lefty, or at least a custom 22 anyway. I played a couple of custom 24s that were awesome. But custom 22s, that, that was in a league of its own. It was great. <laughs> uh, do you run the reverb pedal in front of the amp or the effects loop? Um, if you've got an effects loop, probably do that. If if you don't, I, I, I'm less reluctant. Oh, well, I'm not in a situation where I would usually run reverb into the front of an amp. I don't need to do that a lot of the time. A lot of the time I was using reverb was into an or after an amp sim pedal. So if I was recording into my audio interface or doing a gig without an actual amp, I would have my amp sim pedal, then I would have a reverb pedal, and then it would go out into the desk. And that's how we'd get our sound. So I'd have my pedal board before all of that. That's how I like to use them. But FX loop will give you probably the nicest sound without it getting like overly washy. Sometimes if you boost your volume or gain, it can affect the reverb density or mix slightly. It will actually sound like you're getting more of that. The effects loop kind of helps eliminate that. So when I review them, usually I would go into the effects loop because that's the best way of doing it. Uh, I love this time slot, by the way. I'm in California. I love these live stream. Awesome content. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate that. This works better for me this time of day because it's like, Mid-afternoon, I'm a little bit more alert than I would be if uh, I'm doing them at 11 o'clock. I've watch some. i seen some of those old live streams when I'm really tired or I'm doing the timestamps. I'm like, oh, why they do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have like two, 200 people easy, easily join later on in the day, but it doesn't matter. It's People can watch the playback and if they want night timestamp and all the stuff. But thanks, man. I appreciate that. I have the Azor... Azor Reverb Mini Pedal. It sounds great for around 50 bucks. Oh, there you go. That's from Greg B. Very cool. Those, um, so yeah, there's a few pedal companies like that. Donna make good stuff as well. Um, as, as much as I don't like them stealing my videos, they make great affordable pedals. Like you can't really critique them for that. Another really good company for um, affordable delay and reverb pedals is Kalen. Check those guys out. I, I've reviewed plenty of their pedals. Uh, really good. What would you do with a Marshall JCM 800 half stack? You got to play some Akadaka, ACDC, right? Hey, Ben Dewhurst is here. Welcome, man. Hope you're doing well. Welcome, welcome. Ben was the guy who did some of the right-handed videos. I'm sure most people watching will be aware of that. Yeah, I'll add his... Uh, 
I'll give him the wrench so he can he can be special. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Well done on your deadlift. That was that was hilarious. I was like, yeah, don't don't do a Ronnie Coleman. Guy's lifting like five plates. So uh, <laughs> you're a madman. That's awesome. Well done. That's super cool. Uh, Collings out of my ballpark. Uh, Collings start around five k. Yeah, they're they're really expensive. But I tell you what, they solve a lot of the problems you have with even Gibson. Murphy Lab guitars when it comes to tuning, reliability, stability, all that kind of stuff. I was talking to Rick about this yesterday. He's got a couple of pretty high-end Gibson custom shop guitars. He played his tally and he goes, it was so good not having to tune up every song. It's like, yeah, and Collings, exactly the same thing. They've sorted out all of those problems and they're lighter and they, they're, they're beautiful. They'll never be as iconic as Gibson because Gibson's like the old school you know, old school rockers brand, but there's way better guitars out there. And I would put them right up there with the best Gibsons I've ever seen. So for five grand, when you compare that against maybe what is available from Gibson, play them both and tell me which one you like to feel of better. Nine out of 10 people will still buy the Gibson because that's what they like. But yeah, it is what it is. Well, that's what they know maybe is the is the better one. They're out of my price point as well. Like I'm not going to spend five grand on a on a Collings. I'd if, maybe if you know I was making five times as much money, five grand wouldn't sound like as much. But yeah, it, it's just not. I can't justify that. At least not for me. What if you were given a Gibson R9? Would you sell it? Well, I actually had a Gibson. Uh, what was it? An R. I had a, was it a VOS custom shop 56? I can't remember the exact model number, but it was a Gibson custom shop VOS something. And it, it was, it was great, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I paid for it worth in the end. Like, this is the thing. I, as great as a guitar as that was, and part of me kind of was like, maybe I could have held on to it. Yeah, it wasn't for me. So, it would have to be the right guitar for me to want to um, at least invest into a Gibson R9. I, I couldn't see myself doing that. And that's not to belittle Gibsons. I like Gibsons. I've owned them. I own one now. But uh, the Flying V for me made more sense. It was easier to play. It was lighter. Tuning stability is slightly better. I don't know. It just seems to work. But I like Les Paul guitars, but I couldn't see myself buying like a high-end Gibson anymore. As nice as they are visually and as great as they sound, they're not my kind of guitar. I'm starting to think a little bit more outside of the those brands when it comes to guitars that are at least interesting to me personally now. Up to deadlifts. <laughs> hey, there we go. Uh, ben says, Kalen's good stuff. Still rocking the orange burst I bought from, from you like a decade ago. Yeah, oh, there you go. It still works. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, man. And the Orange Burst pedals are great. I think they were based on like a an exotic pedal from memory, right? Like a... Was it an AC tone or something like that? Or a... Oh, man, I've forgotten. It's funny how much of this stuff I forget after 10 years. I don't know what's going on. Need more caffeine. That's what it is. Uh... 
GRB says, I've only been able to catch the replay of a couple of these streams. The replay is still very interesting and entertaining. Thank you. No worries, man. No, all good. I try to timestamp these right after. So within, within usually like half the time of the stream again after the stream, that's I watch it in two times speed. I do all the timestamps. That's the only way I can I can get through it if I do it straight after. Um, we'll take a couple more questions here and then we'll wrap it up. We're hour and 36 minutes in, so... We'll uh, take a couple of the last questions or comments here, and then we'll we'll uh, get back into the uh, the time stamping mode. Christian says, "Dude, why offender setting up strats with floating bridges lately? Mine arrive arrive set up like a up six like dime bag Daryl set up six. So this is the thing." I love my Strat. I love the sound of it. I found any time lately, I don't know what happened. Anytime I've been using the Whammy Bar lately, even though mine isn't floating, I've locked it down. The tuning goes out. So I've just taken it off. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. I, I don't really understand why, um, why they make them floating. I guess people, I guess that's the classic Fender thing, but I, I'm sure most people... I don't know, it might be a good pulp question, whether or not you leave it floating or whether you hardtail it, because I don't see too many people using a really loose tremolo system if they're blues players, because as soon as you bend, all the notes go out. It's just an awful thing to play. So I have mine hardtailed down to the point where I have to use my whammy bar if I want it to move. And it was generally okay, but I found lately it's the tuning stability just has not been good. I noticed it when I was recording. Like I'm like, oh man, I got to like doing the video stuff. I definitely got to like, just get rid of this whammy bar thing. I don't know. But yeah, sometimes you can get them and they work okay. I think it's a, the big part of what makes Fender guitars reliable is how well the nuts are cut. And that's kind of where they fall apart as a company. It's like they make these great guitars. They're all consistent. CNC machine, you know, whether you like that or not, it's more consistent. And then they like don't cut the nuts properly. And it makes all of the, the whammy bar just next to useless if it's not done right. So yeah. Hey, some kind of madman says right on. Uh first time I caught my live uh, a live stream. Things have died down at work right now. Very cool, mate. Thanks for joining in. Hope you're doing well. Uh Octopus says gave up on Gibson when I found out one I wanted when I was 15 was $2,300. By that time I was 18, 19. And could buy one at that price was thirty five hundred. Yeah, wow. Yeah, look, they're a luxury guitar. I think still you can buy obviously buy entry level ones, but I think most people want the standard. That's kind of where everyone wants to go. And unfortunately, due to lots of factors, everything goes up in price. <laughs> hey, we've got a new member. Thank you, Straddy Thomas. I appreciate that, mate. Thanks for joining in. You get access to a couple little extra emoticons and a few other things down there in the ad reaction area. So thank you. I've got to add more, but there's some guitars and so forth down there. If you, you want to add them in, I'll I'll just do one now so you can see what they do. There we go. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cheers. Occasionally, I'll post up behind the scene videos, a little bit about what's going on, or photos on the feed, so you can check out a little bit of what's coming up a little bit ahead of time there. So thank you. And if you have any questions on my videos, I see them in a section. I can uh, easily find them. So thank you. All right, we might wrap this up. Uh, I'll just uh, 
<laughs> ben says, don't even get me started on Fender not cutting nuts right. Oh, I just kicked my cable. Sorry if the camera moved. Um, yeah, it's weird how, like, the custom shop guitars are like that as well. I'm like, why? It's just, it's the one weird thing they just don't do well. I, I don't get it. There's, like, much less expensive guitars where they do a far better job at cutting nuts. Maybe the guitar overall is nowhere near as nice, but Fender make, like, good quality guitars. Still my favorite, but... In terms of just like ones you can go to a shop and buy, they're very, very good, minus the way their nut is cut. It's just not good. Eight likes away from 100. Woo! We're almost there. Thank you very much for all the support there. Don says he got a standard for 2K USD right before the price hikes. Very good. Well done, mate. That's awesome. The tributes are really good guitars. I think people kind of who have been playing a while will go, uh, don't buy a tribute, get a whatever. The tributes sound every bit as good. And some people don't like the super high gloss necks. And if that's you, then that's where these tributes make a lot of sense. I think some of the best tones I had on a video was when I reviewed that tribute here, just at the in the house here. It was It's great guitar. Um, I've owned a few tributes over the years as well. I had a 70s one and I had a... And another gold top one, so I had two. One had mini humbuckers. That was the 70s one. I think it was a a 50s-style one that had, like, humbuckers. That one didn't play well, but the 70s one was was great. Uh, and it felt great. It didn't have the high-gloss neck. It's like a sort of more of a satin finish thing. I got that for a bargain. That was a stupid move getting rid of that 70s one. A, a shop was going into receivership here, and they were selling them for, I think, 599 Australian dollars, which you can't buy anything for that price guitar-wise. So I called my friend. I said, hey, they've got these guitars. Do you want one? <laughs> I'll buy two of them. I'll buy a left and a right-handed one. And he can pay me back. He goes, done. So he wired me the money. I, I bought it for him, and he still got it. And I was like, man, I should have kept mine. But these are part of the, you know, you go through life. Sometimes you're doing better than other times, and sometimes you got it hard. So a lot of those guitars I didn't need or I needed to pay for stuff back in the day. That was kind of, that's kind of how that went. Eastman does a super job on their nuts. Very, yeah, for sure. E Eastman guitars are nice. E that 335 uh, and, and the um, LP, they're both handmade, beautiful guitars. Oh, actually, I don't know if the 335, I guess it is, right? I, I don't know the exact, there's all these different ranges of Eastman guitars, but that, that SB-59, so good. All right, guys, we might wrap, the, wrap this up. Uh, Straty Thomas says, subscriber since my guitar journey started years ago. Thanks for all you do. Hey, no worries. Thank you, mate. I appreciate the support. Thanks for being a part of the channel. You guys keep it rolling. Without the without anyone watching the videos, the channel will uh, <laughs> probably wouldn't last too long. So yeah, I'm still shocked it's still going now. I mean, it's in a bit of a lull lately due to the content, but... Uh, you know, I'm making some different and more interesting videos, some different types of video formats coming up rather than knowing exactly how the format's going to go. They're going to mix it up on a few videos. So one of the best amps I've ever played is coming up this week. I'm pretty sure it'll be up later, maybe Friday. So good. I hope you like it. I've got the baritone guitar video and editing. I've got a box out there with some really fun stuff that showed up today and, uh, then I'll start getting back into reviewing other stuff and putting some more discussion videos together. 
These are things that I wanted to do for a while and haven't done, but I'll definitely get around to that. Anyway, thank you everybody for all the support. Thanks for the new members here as well and for the super chats and for all the questions and all that kind of thing. And if I missed your question, I apologize. Sometimes the chat moves. And um, yeah, I, I miss stuff just based on it. The fact it just scrolls up three pages. But leave a comment on my on the video after it just goes into playback mode. If you need me to help answer a question, I'll do that while I do the timestamps. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, all the support and stay tuned. We'll do more of these coming up. I know I didn't schedule this too far ahead of time, but it was what it was. <laughs> it's, it's been a bit crazy the last week or so, but I'll, uh, yeah, I might schedule the next one up tomorrow so you know ex exactly when it's coming up. And so do I. Makes life a bit easier. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for all the support. I'm going to try something. I'm using this really cool little live streaming box. I'm going to turn it off by hitting the stream button. And then when this goes black, I'll know it's it's because I cut myself off early last time. But anyway, let's see how this goes. Thanks again, everybody. And I will catch you soon. You can find the audio on iTunes, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Thank you. 100, 100 thumbs up. Come on. All right. Let's see what happens here. Here we go.